Patea, or Brant Etier, visit them at DwightAndrisInsurance.com. 1033 The Goat. Yeah, that's the one. K277 TQ Lafayette, 1420 KPEL Lafayette. If it's not the goat, then they're full of sheep. Uh, 1033 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. The rumors are true. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Dave Schultz and Sports Chat are back. I'm back, baby! I'm back! One change, though. I'm sorry, that deal's now off the table. What? We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. Instead of waking you up, he's taking you home from work. Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? I'd like that. Talking Cajuns, Tigers, Saints, all of it. I am your father. Buckle up, Acadiana. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! It's time for Sports Chat with Dave Schultz on 103.3 The Goat. Dave Schultz back at Sunbelt Media Days on a Wednesday afternoon sports chat. 103.3 The Goat, all brought to you by Dwight Andrus Insurance, a division of Hub International and Lafayette Roofing. We are here with the Sunbelt coordinator of officials, John McDade. He also does the same thing for the SEC. I missed you last week, so I got to ask you, what's up with horns down? We feels like the officials have to make another judgment call instead of just saying, too bad, Texas. Uh, you guys have, it feels like you're a little bit more lenient, uh, towards the, uh, perpetrators, per se. <laughs> Good morning, Dave. Great to see you again. I don't know that we're more lenient. It's just that we, um, we, we don't, we try not to have automatics when it comes to unsportsmanlike conduct. I ask my officials to evaluate actions in the context of what's going on, when it's going on, and evaluate potential unsportsmanlike conduct fouls in one of three buckets. Is it taunting an opponent? Is it making a travesty of the game, or is it otherwise compromising our ability to manage the game? For taunting, there has to be an in-your-face element to it. So if I have a uh, a player that makes a tackle standing over an opponent who is the runner who's now on the ground and makes a signal in his face, that's probably taunting. If uh, the same player scores a touchdown and is celebrating spontaneously with his teammates in the end zone and gives a signal just amongst themselves, probably isn't taunting. In either circumstance, it's not a travesty of the game. The, the, the standard for travesty is, is an act that outside the context of a football game in a football stadium, does it still... Uh, offend the senses to someone, right? I, I don't have that being a travesty of the game. And it's not necessarily uh, compromising our ability to manage the game either. So I'm asking my officials to measure it inside the context of what's happening, when it's happening. Put it in one of those three buckets. If it meets one of those criteria, yes, then we're going to have an unsportsmanlike conduct fail. It's a little taunting, and someone's going to be uh, offended by it, maybe not the players involved. Basically, the way I'm seeing it is we uh, we can't have an Angel Reese situation from the, from the Women's Basketball Championship, although the person that was done to didn't seem to mind. She, it's part of the game, right? She can talk smack, and i got to be able to take it. So, so good for Caitlin Clark. But that's basically kind of the level I'm like. We just can't 
point to ourselves and point to you and kind of follow you around, basically. Yeah, you know, it, our, 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 our standards here are, you, let's take it to the 30,000-foot level. So many times we hear that the fans, the schools, want the teams to settle the game on the field. They worked hard in their preseasons. They worked hard that week preparing for the opponent. They don't want the officials to come in and and insert themselves in a game and create a critical pivot point that creates advantage-disadvantage between the two teams. So we're looking for an act that is really no questions asked, taunting, making a travesty of the game, or doing something that's compromising our ability to manage the game. Just to make the game easier for the officials, one of the most ridiculous rules, I don't think it was in college, but it was in the pros, well, if that defender jumps up and would have made the catch and landed out about, and landed inbounds, if the defender wasn't there, we got to see you know, if he would have been the case, but if he was pushed out of bounds, we got to figure that all out. So now the referee has to figure out if he caught the ball, if he landed inbounds, would he have landed inbounds if he wasn't pushed out of bounds, and where's the defender supposed to be if he's not, you know, trying to push the guy out of bounds? So anything that can make your guy's job easier, which is really difficult to begin with, I'm all for. Absolutely. That's the old force-out rule that they had in national football. Stupid rule. (laughs) Subjectivity is not necessarily the friend of officiating. You do not need that. The field is 55 and a third yards wide. You know, run the route 54 yards and don't get pushed out of bounds. I'm glad that was changed. All right, so what are we're here with John McDade on a Wednesday afternoon sports chat, 103.3 The Goat, uh, Sunbelt coordinator of officials. What are the new rules this year? Very simply, there's not really going to be uh, – there, there's a very minimum set of rules. The, the, the big one that people are going to recognize is, uh, like we see in the National Football League, uh, outside uh, the last two minutes of each half, we're going to keep the clock running for a first down in bounds. That's the big one. Uh, there's also some minor changes of, of scenarios we don't see a lot of. Um, one of them we don't really see a lot of is if we have a play in which the game clock expires, goes to zero, and there is a foul during that play and the penalty is accepted, we're no longer going to extend first and third quarters for that scenario and have an, an untimed down. We're just going to flip the field. We're going to go to the next quarter. We're going to mark off the penalty. And we're going to go from there. The other scenario, you actually not really changing. It's just not an extra play in that quarter. That's correct. That's correct. Um, another thing that um, what still remains at the end of the half or the game. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. If we, if we have a play where time expires at the end of this end of the half, end of the second quarter, end of the fourth quarter, and we're going to accept a penalty, we're going to yeah, we're, we're going to have an untimed down. The other scenario you do see, uh, particularly uh, late in the half. Uh, the opponent of someone is about to uh, kick a field goal, they'll call a charge timeout if they have any left to ice the kicker. You're now only allowed to call one team timeout per dead ball period. Well, that's a relief, thank goodness. It seems to be a waste of time. I get it, they do it one time, but you know, to do it multiple times is not good. We're talking with John McDade, a coordinator of Sunbelt officials. Where are we with targeting? Are we, you know, with targeting one and targeting two? You know, we want to keep the kids in the ball game and make it, like you said, travesty is not the uh, right word, but in this case, blatant targeting to keep kids in the game and penalize them, maybe kick them out for a quarter, but not kick them out for the whole game. Yeah. There's no changes with targeting, uh, including the penalty. Uh, I can report, though, that the occurrences of targeting has gone down for a second straight year, and we have uh, some statistically significant movement from the uh, 21 to 22 season. I'm sorry, from the 20 to 21 season, we had a 38 percent reduction in in targeting in targetings per game, and then between 21 and 22, we had a 25 percent reduction. That's 68 percent over two year period of time. If you ask me why, what's the best explanation for that? It's no doubt. It's 
the behaviors changed by the athletes. What we want them to do, they're doing. They're creating that many less circumstances where they put head and neck um, in in um, uh, in a violent collision to prevent catastrophic, you know, potential catastrophic injury. Um, and we see it. The, the, the most prevalent thing that we see, or I should say that we don't see, is we have the receiver downfield, passes overthrown, defenders there. He's not lighting him up like we saw ten years ago. All right, what is your what is your weekend like? What what is your Saturday like as the coordinator of of a bunch of different conferences officials? Yeah, well, I'll start with Friday's my Saturday. Friday's the day I take off and do to do whatever I need to do with my free time. <laughs> Saturday, I'm in our video center um, in Birmingham. Uh, I walk in probably at ten o'clock in the morning Central Time. We're going to have kickoffs at the twelve o'clock Eastern window, obviously with, uh, within the hour. Um, and I'll be there for 11 and a half to, to 12 hours uh, every Saturday um, watching live every Sunbelt game that's being played and obviously every uh, SEC game that's being played. So you the personally doing the reviewing of all the ones that are sent back, or how many people do we have doing that? Yeah, I, I'm not actually I'm, I'm not in in any any replay reviews. I have a number of collaborative replay officials that are in front of me that are working um, with the replay personnel in the booths at the various stadiums. I do have audio hookups so I can listen to what's going on. I'm there to just observe and primarily have situational awareness. Uh, if something's going on in a particular game, I get a call from a commissioner. I get a call from someone that's asking questions. I have situational awareness of what's going on in the games. I got to ask because people are going to wonder, do you have a direct line to Greg Sankey? Because <laughs> a lot of people believe, boy, that call goes Alabama's way. C Commissioner Sankey is typically not in the building because he's out. Uh, you see him often in, in uh, on, on sidelines. He's, he's at the games live. I'm talking with John McDade, uh, Sunbelt's coordinator of officials. All right, so then what's your Sunday like? Is it a nice, quiet day watching the NFL? I don't watch a lot of NFL. Um, I, I Sunday, probably until mid-afternoon. Uh, it's just like any any Sunday, I just wake up and spend time with the family and take care of things I need to. About mid-afternoon, mid I head into the office. Um, I start receiving plays um, from teams to review. I also have uh, notes from every single game I watch the previous day. Um, I have anywhere from 10 to 20 plays that I have marked that I want to go take a look at it for, for whatever reason. I'll start reviewing those plays. Um, I probably put about an eight-hour day in um, in the office Sunday evenings uh, getting ready for Monday morning. How many plays would you say are blatantly missed? Because we're all sitting there at home, and it's one thing when we're slowing it down to see if his knee hit. Like, All right, we can understand how they may have gotten that one right or wrong a lot of times. They are right, but a lot of times you're like, well, how do they miss that one? That's obvious, right? His knee was not close to down. You, he's not being surrounded by eight offensive or the, the offensive and defensive line. How many calls per week do you usually get that it's just like, well, we screwed that one up? You know, so a lot of times when the teams are sending in plays, uh, they're asking us to evaluate, all right, we threw a flag where we correct or incorrect. So an incorrect would be uh, aligned with, with the question you just asked me. Or they'll send me a play where we didn't throw any foul and said, well, is there a foul here? In other words, do we miss a foul? That's also in alignment. So incorrect calls and missed calls. If, if we have... I, I'd like to have no more than two or three in the context of a game that I'm telling a team we missed these or these were incorrect. Um, I like the ratio to be that we're missing them more then we're incorrect, which is which is a standard we ask our officials. If our officials see something and they're not 100% sure, we ask them to err on the side of missing the call than getting an incorrect, which is a way of saying, don't insert yourself in the game by putting your flag down. 
take the risk that maybe you didn't see it well enough and then it's going to be end up being a missed call after we look at it from the four or five different camera angles in slow motion. Well, I'm a big believer, and let's wrap it up here with John McDade. He's been very generous with his time, Sunbelt coordinator of officials. I'm a big believer if it's pass interference in the first five minutes, it's pass interference in the last five minutes. I did have an SEC official come on with me weekly, and he's like, when we're calling in the last five minutes, it's got to be a call that your grandmother can make from the stands you're watching on TV. Does the standard of the call change just for that reason? No, we're looking for the standard to stay across the game. Um, that philosophy has changed over the years. Oh, it has. It, it, it has. Um, and and um, when I say over the years, I'm talking over the decades. Um, the truth of the matter is there is much more inspection of our work through video uh, post-game than there was in, let's say, the 1990s. And uh, for that matter, um, we need to be able to put two different plays up, one for the first quarter and one for the fourth quarter, and say so we use the same same standard for, for a foul uh, for both of them. He's John McDade, coordinator of officials for the Sun Belt Conference and the SEC on a Wednesday afternoon sports chat on 103.3 The Goat. Thanks very much for hopping on, and best of luck this season. I enjoyed visiting with you. I have a happy season yourself. All right, John uh, McDade uh, coming on. Um, I think they're going to get more lenient with the horns down thing. I think kids mm-hmm. will figure it out very quickly that, you know, I walked away from him and I did the horns down after I broke up the pass, yeah. right? I looked at my sideline when we broke up the pass. If he was two feet away from me, but I'm walking away, that's too bad. Um, interesting about the calling the penalties at the end of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably one that, of the more interesting That was kind of, yeah. it used to be a different standard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's less, I guess I didn't, I should have followed up, like, it's a lesser standard? Yeah, that that's an interesting point. Right, question. because I am a big believer. It should be if you call in pass interference on the first play of the you game. You should call it at the end. No, you should call too, the last play you. of the game, right? You shouldn't be able to you. get away with something because it's the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, now, different coaches have figured out, like Rick Pitino has been known to do this in college basketball. He's like, keep playing hard defense. They'll call a couple fouls on you, but they won't keep on calling in fouls because they don't want to be involved. Yeah. That's that's basically the deal. And and I'm I'm with you 200%, Dave. I think because it burns me up on the inside when people are like, oh, no, it's the last second of the game. Don't call this. Well, if you called it in the beginning, you have to call, you it, call in the it at end. the end. It doesn't yeah. matter who it's against. You have right, to because right. it's not fair to the team that experienced the call in the beginning. That's right. You can't necessarily blame the judge and the jury, mm-hmm. although that's the same people. Uh, but why don't we blame the perpetrator? Yep, you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. We all and and you can use that example of we'd rather have a we'd have a, rather have a penalty of omission, right? Mm-hmm. We'd rather not make a call and get it wrong yep. than make a call and have that be wrong. Now he's talking about college, but we all remember the NFC Championship against the, the Rams, yeah. where they just made a brutal missed call. Because it, I mean, look, if you make the call, at least you can. Would Sean Payton still be the coach of the Saints if they won that Super Bowl? Probably so. Or would he have retired? Or would he have retired oh, with Breeze? That I think might have happened. Okay. That I think might. Although, have although he made some news today as well, yeah, we can talk did. about that <laughs> when we get back. But to your point, it's like I totally agree with you. I think like you make the call. And then if you review it, you know, you can review all these calls if it's in the last second of the game. You can make the call, therefore review it. If it's a wrong call, pull it back. We've seen that happen. But if you don't make the call, then you're in more of a hurt situation than if you did. 
because that's not reviewable. Yes. And then that was, you know, think about what happened after that pass interference no call, right? They said we can review pass interference, and then they didn't bother. I think they may have overturned one pass interference call all year long. They didn't do it. They hardly overturned that rule. They put the specific rule in so you can over it, you can review pass interference calls, and they very, very rarely overturn those calls. Mm-hmm. Well said. No, I mean, look, I, you said it perfectly. I, I agree with you. It's like you gotta, you have to make those calls because if you don't, and then it turns out that we see it in replay and it's there, it's gonna make the game look bad. The exact thing that happened to the Saints. Yeah. We do not have any music in this list, or did you change the, the list around here? No, I didn't, I didn't oh, change it. All right. There's like no music. I will play that one. Yeah, no, no, no. All right, so let's come back. We'll talk about what Sean Payton said. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the hour, a Kev Chiadello from, I think, the Austin Statesman uh, talking Sunbelt football. Again, the big news to me was the Raging Cajun starting quarterback has been announced for the mm-hmm. most part. And then boom. Uh, also, they lose their wide receiver. <laughs> well, that's a different start. That had nothing to do oh. with media days. And then... Uh, no expansion, no plans oh. for expansion, and then boom, Colorado, and then boom, Florida State, yep. and we'll see where uh, the Sun Belt plays out here because they did a good job last time. They added four solid think, schools. Do you think there's a chance, or I guess we'll talk about this when we come back, but my question is do you think there's a chance one of these Sun Belt teams move? To where? You think to the Big 12? The Big 12 or the or the Pac-12? No, they're not no. moving to Pac-12. Well, yeah, then it has to be the Big 12, no. then, yeah. I, you got a better chance. I mean, you want to put money down that the Pac-12 is not going to exist here in five years? Oh, no, I'm with you. <laughs> They're going to move to other conferences. They are. That. Yeah. As soon as Oregon and Washington find a it's spot, over. it's done. It's dead. It is all you. over. All right, let's see if we get this right. Oh, oh we need the log up. Yeah, and the yeah, hockey. All right. The hockey. All right, Dave Schultz, Linda Burton. Back after this on a Thursday afternoon sports chat. 103.3. They go. It's a good thing goats have four stomachs. Otherwise, there's no way we could swallow some of these takes. Hey, Goat, what's going on out there? 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Where are we on the line? It's official. Avery is producing Main Street Music Days. We need to be ready. We're going to have lots of people. What's the status on the new sound engineer? They need an audio technician to keep things level from sound checks to encores. Your audio from one stage does not compete with another. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates. And you can schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from the Indeed dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Dan Hicks with Paul A. Zinger, welcoming you back to the Healthy Stand Classic and Zing. She has been absolutely tremendous today, but it all comes down 
to this shot. It does, Dan, and you couldn't ask for better conditions. 68 degrees, just a slight two-mile-an-hour breeze and a UV index of three. This is absolutely critical. That is right. This direct exposure to midday sun could be increasing her risk to melanoma. It looks like she's making a change. Yeah, she's putting that putter back in the bag. Now let's see what she takes out. Oh, wow. It looks like she's pulling out a 15. I don't know. It looks like she's going with a 30. Strong choice. She's going to want to use the recommended SPF 30 even on a cloudy day. And notice how she's using broad-spectrum sunscreen. And a generous amount, too. Incredible. That was a masterful performance. That was pretty good, too. Stand up to cancer and Optum want to help you reduce your risk for cancer. Visit TakeAHealthyStand.org. Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley welcoming you back to Susan's Cubicle here in Accounts Payable. What an afternoon of nonstop bookkeeping action, Charles. Are you kidding me? She set herself a reminder to get out of that chair and move. That's a smart use of a timeout. She's somehow still reading her emails while getting her heart rate up and moving her muscles. Healthy habits that could lower your risk of cancer. Uh-oh, it's Karen from the IT department. This is a wrinkle no one saw coming. She means well, but she just derailed the yoga class down in accounts receivable. There she goes with one of her usual distractions. But Susan just tosses her a no-look way. That's a crazy move. Let's watch that again. She's stretching, and there's the effortless sideways. Susan putting on a clinic. Susan from Accounts Payable. Dominate. Just get moving. It helps in the prevention of so many cancers. Stand up to cancer and Optum want to help you reduce your risk for cancer. Visit TakeAHealthyStand.org. Lafayette Roofing, from the roof to the roots of Acadiana. We know issues with your roof can be intimidating and maybe even expensive. But not if you call Lafayette Roofing. Big or small, we handle it all at a price you can afford. We also offer our standard five-year labor and materials warranty. Lafayette Roofing takes pride in being in the heart of Acadiana and the official roofing company of your Rage and Cajuns. So if you need a roof, who else would you call? Call Lafayette Roofing. Our name says it all. 237-ROOF. That's 237-7663. Mess with a goat. <laughs> You'll get the horns, then the butt. Because <laughs> that's what goats do. 1033, the goat. There is no rhyme or reason to the bumper music. I'm just playing what's available. No, I got it. Uh, no rhyme Now you reason. see what I've... Right. Not, huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to fix that problem. Mm-hmm. All right. I will fix that problem. You we want to thank Matt Colston. We got the, the caller ID. We can take phone calls. Yes, sir. 269-1077. 269-1077. We do have a little news. Why don't you report uh, the news of the day so far? Oh, uh, what we've talked about so far? Well, just what's happened. Okay, so Joe Burrow has a calf injury. Uh, we we don't know the severity of it, but we will update you. And UL's wide receiver has been uh, arrested um, on a battery charge, Lance Legendre. Yeah, not great, Bob. Not, not great, great at all. And I, and I literally, a week ago, I, I remember I was talking about it. I was like, Dave, man, I know you said it's arrest season, but it's been more the coaches and boom, today, player arrest. So, or Wednesday. Right. So we'll keep you updated if we get any news there. Maybe go to court tomorrow. Yeah. This is tomorrow? This is Friday. This Friday, yep. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what it says. It I got to put on uh, long pants? 
says uh, his court appearance is scheduled for Friday. So, yeah. All right. Can't have your uh, phone in there, though. Right. Right. I've been there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So earlier today, uh, actually, I guess it was overnight. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton came oh, out yeah, yeah. and hammered the last um, regime. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. He said, we're doing the opposite. <laughs> we wrote about it on 103.3. The GOAT, former New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton took over a major rebuilding product, a project when he accepted the top spot with the Denver Broncos this past winter. And while expectations were extremely high for Russell Wilson led Broncos in 2022, it's not the case in 2023 except by Payton. He told USA Today's Jared Bell, I'm going to be pissed off if this is not a playoff team. In addition to his lofty goals for a team coming off a 5-12 and 12 record, it should be, Peyton unloaded on last year's Broncos coaching staff. They can only beat the blank out of you so much, but everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russell. It was a poor offensive line. It may have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL that's how bad it was. He then took a shot at the Jets. He said, uh, the, he said that the only winning they're going to have is in the offseason. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch Hard Knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Well, I think he was talking more about, it was more about, um, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. He, he was comparing the Broncos to winning the offseason last oh, year. And now the, the Jets, Jets are trying to win the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the Jets' defense, they are. They are kind of winning the offseason, and they didn't want to do hard knocks. And then uh, Robert Solid took the high road. He said, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping, so hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right if you're going to talk about us uh, when we don't play you until week five. See you on week five. I don't, I don't think that's what – I don't think that's the case. I don't think Sean Payton hates the Jets. I oh, think, yeah, yeah. I think he's doing one of two things, all right? It could be both. He is getting ahead of the curve. If the team is bad. <laughs> Definitely. And blaming it on Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. And or he wants a lot of credit if they do if make it If they're good. He, he, it might be both, Dave. Could it's, be both. It's probably both to right. where if they're bad, look, I was given a bad team. I need time to rebuild it. Right. And if they do win, it's like I had such a bad team. Look how good of a coach I that's am. Exactly Stop right. comparing me to Mike McCarthy because right. I have one Super Bowl. But, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the thing. No, Too know, bad. Yeah. You've been to one Super Bowl, Facts. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Because the noise is getting louder. It is, and rightfully so. So, and then, I mean, we all saw Nathaniel Hackett was over his over skis, skis. Yeah. Over skis when he had all that time and not calling timeout in the opening game against the Seahawks. And then even Peyton said, you know, for a quarterback to have an office so he can watch film, that's not a big deal. But we're not allowing his people in here. Mm-hmm. And then, that was the one thing he would not blame... The quarterback. One person Peyton won't blame is his quarterback, Russell Wilson. This wasn't his fault, Peyton said of Wilson. That was his parents who allowed it. That's not an uh, incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, everybody else who watched it all happen. Russell Wilson's a 12-year veteran or was an 11-year veteran. Mm-hmm. Why isn't it on him? I would think it would be on him. But, I mean, I guess Peyton's trying to say... No, my quarterback's good. He just was given a bad system. But it was the let Russ cook movement. So if Russ is cooking, he made bad Well, that food. was the problem. They didn't let, Rudd cook, Rudd, oh, let Russ cook, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just bad last yeah, year. Yeah, he was. And again, I'm a big – I'm one of those guys who thinks we're going to see how good that Legion of Boom really was. True. 
All right, now you got now you have the, a good coach too. The longer he goes looking like he does, mm-hmm. it's going to be like, well, Russell Wilson was always this great, yada yada yada, rolling nope. out of the pocket, winning ball games at the end. He hasn't won diddly. Yep, since, it makes Richard since, Sherman look so good since that defense was really good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a timeout. Let's see if we get this right. We also got more breaking news when we come back. Well, actually, when we come back, uh, we have Kef Giadello. Oh, okay. All right. Although I guess we can. I got too many songs playing. There we go. Why is it only playing the last second? Oh, all right. It's not a short song. Oh, yeah, that was just the intro. No, it is just the intro. Okay, all right. Um, let's take a time out. We'll talk Sunbelt Media Days. We'll talk a little Texas State. We'll preview the Bobcats. New coach, new offense, new everything with Cap Giadello from the Austin Statesman. It's the Thursday afternoon sports chat, 1033. Thank you. Thirsty for intelligent sports talk? Sounds like you need a little go to Ray. 1033 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Before I was adopted, I felt alone. I felt nervous that I wouldn't have a family. I was getting older and older. I didn't think I was going to get adopted. With help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, Lexi, Connor, and Lashana now have a forever family and the foundation for a bright future. When I was adopted, it was like, wow, I get to settle, and this is permanent. After I was adopted, I felt happy. Adoption changed me for the better. I feel like I can be whoever I want to be. Every child deserves a safe, loving, and permanent home. Help the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption find forever families for children who have been lingering in foster care the longest. Learn more at DaveThomasFoundation.org. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for together with the LHSAA, are the 110,000 high school sports students in Louisiana. And so we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials. We stand for the swimmers, football players, and wrestlers. We stand for the golfers, softball, and volleyball players. We stand as the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and all who participate in them and make them possible because it is our purpose to ensure that high school students get to play, perform, and compete together. To learn more about who we are and what we stand for, visit nfhs.org. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At 4 in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. 
I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. If it wasn't for goats, we wouldn't have coffee. Look it up. I'm going to get some coffee. You want some coffee? No, thank you. I'm fine. And the best sports talk in Acadiana. 103.3 The Goat. All right, Dave Schultz, Lyndon Burton on a Thursday afternoon sports chat. Uh, Kevin Norba from Lockdown Buffs, Colorado, if you will, will join us at 530. What is going on in the Pac-12? We bring in Kev Ciardello from the Austin Statesman. Uh, he covers the Texas State Bobcats. He's got an outstanding podcast. So at 10 a.m., in fact, it was probably about 10, 15 a.m. on Tuesday, Kev, you were the second question to uh, Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill asking him about expansion. He goes, we're good. By about 4 p.m. on Wednesday, Colorado was leaving. By about 1 p.m. today, Florida State is looking for a new home. Do you still think the Sunbelt is good moving forward in terms of expansion? And thanks for hopping on Sports Chat. How are you? Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me on, man. It was great running into you in New Orleans for, for Sunbelt Media Days. Yeah, you know, it seemed like that was more timely than I anticipated that question, uh, looking at the landscape of college football. I mean, just the way it's gone the past few years, it's it's a realignment is, is happening way faster, way more often than it used to, it seems. And so I, it, I, he said we're good then, but you never know what's going to happen now. And, and who knows if, if they want to decide to expand it to even more or – or what they're looking at, because there are there are a few areas you know they could they could expand out in the in the Sun Belt a little further, like in the in the southern area, and, and reach some other states, or you know tap into like how Arkansas and Texas State only have one, one are the only teams in their respective states could reach out more there, uh, it, make it even bigger. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? How this is all going to shake out? Because it always seems the ripple effect always it, it starts in the P fives. And it'll reverberate and, and reach the the G fives eventually, like the Sun Belt. I mean, I think if I had to put money down right now, Cap, I don't think the Pac-12 is around in five years. It may not be around in three years. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel like I've heard this before with the Pac-12, and they keep seeming to stay alive like like a zombie. They just won't go down. But you know, you may be onto something. And if that happens, I imagine some of that those teams dissolving out of that conference would would uh, make the Sun Belt a little bigger if they if they were to end up joining. Well, I mean, as soon as Oregon and or Washington find a home, that's the end of the Pac-12. That's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, otherwise, the heavy hitters are all gone. I mean, even even when they're trying to convince themselves that replacing Colorado with San Diego State or something like that, like that's comparable. And it's just, it's not. Colorado is a big loss. I mean, especially when you look at 
how how big it is how big it is right now with Dion and everything that's going on there and all the eyes on them and they've got a passionate fan base that sold out their spring game and everything so it's uh it's a it's a big loss for sure Captain Adello from the Austin Statesman all right what was your other takeaways from Sunbelt Media Days well you know it seems I was only there for West you know I, I had to come back to Texas during while the East was talking I, I wish I was there for that but from what I was hearing from all the all the coaches in the West, it, it seems like the the they don't take too kindly to the the East being kind of the favorite of the two divisions, and they think that the the West division itself is is a strong division, and it wants to be uh, obviously all of them want to assert themselves, and it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up because the East is really strong top heavy wise. And it seems the West is, is strong all the way through until you get to the, the bottom half, which may be Texas State and Arkansas State, ULM. But when you have Louisiana, South Alabama, Troy, Southern Miss, I mean, these are pretty good programs. Southern Miss hasn't really done too much yet, but they, you know, with Frank Gore and, and Will Hall getting them right, they've had a pretty good team there. So I, I'm really intrigued to see the West. What I really liked hearing from everybody is that all of them think that the Sun Belt is the strongest G5 conference, which I, I, you know, is an argument that if you had heard in years past would have, would have been arguable. But I think with the way the AAC has, has shaken up, it's, it's, it's a reality nowadays. And so I appreciated hearing that. I heard Keith Gill saying that, and you heard it from some other coaches as well. Uh, Terry Bowden specifically said the most exciting G5 conference, which I, I like that one from him. Um, but, Overall, yeah, the, the the vibe of the Sunbelt Conference, it feels strong. It feels like people are really proud of, of how it's progressed. I mean, if you if you were talking about this seven years ago or so, before all the 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 uh, really uh, bringing in like App State and Coastal was the beginning of it, and then you add some other really good heavy hitters like JMU, uh, Old Dominion, Southern Miss, Marshall, some really good programs are, are all throughout this this conference and and that's the you, you were talking about the pac-12 dissolving the aac not doing so well but it, the Sun Belt is, is strong and, and they kept saying it the Sun Belt is rising and, and that's the way it seems that they're they're thinking expansion they're not thinking dissolving like other conferences and so it was it was good signs for the Sun Belt. The team I cover has had a lot of trouble in the Sunbelt Conference, so you know we'll see how they do with with the new coach GJ Kenny for the Texas State Bobcats. But it's been uh, all around for the entire conference. It's been a success. He's kept Jaredello from the Austin Statesman covers the Texas State Bobcats. Also has a podcast. Win now or get bent. How excited are the Bobcats to bring in GJ Kinney and his high powered offense? Very excited. It seems this is the most passionate I've seen these fans in a while. Uh, I would say since since 2014 when this team was really humming and, and they got had a winning record. That was their last winning record was 2014. It, it feels uh, everybody saw what it, what GJ Kenny did at Incarnate Word because that's where he was last year. It's not too far from Texas State and San Antonio. Had the number one offense in the nation. With 50 some odd points per game, they were they were uh, putting up a, a lighting up the scoreboard as GJ Kenny likes to say, and people are anticipating him bringing that here. And as soon as he gets here, uh, he got here in December, and they, he was able to put together a 50 plus member class for 2023. 
bring over two SEC quarterbacks and Malik Hornsby from Arkansas, TJ Finley from, from Auburn. And it's just, it's, it's got everybody excited looking at this. There's a lot of unknowns, obviously with 50 new players, that's 50 guys that they haven't seen in maroon and gold. So who knows how, how it'll shake up when things are, are here. But right now, right before on the eve of fall camp, it, it seems everyone is, is very, very excited around Texas State. All right, so just like every, a lot of other places, who is going to be the starting quarterback? Are they going with the kid Malik Hornsby or TJ Finley, you know, via Auburn and LSU? I, I mean, initially right now, uh, at, at this time, I'm, I'm leaning TJ Finley. Mm. I, I don't know anything for certain. I don't have any inside knowledge on who they're going for at quarterback. Uh, but just me reading the tea leaves, we watch them all spring practice, and they bring in Malik Hornsby, uh, a speedster from Arkansas, more a dual threat. T.J. Finley is six seven; he's more in the pocket, a traditional passer, if you will. And they, but T.J. wasn't here in the spring, just Malik, and Malik was getting most of the reps with the first team unit. And it was it, he had he had some moments where he made some plays, and he had some moments where he made mistakes. There weren't a lot of turnovers or interceptions or anything like that, um, but there there wasn't a, a ton of confidence in him running this new offense, this fast-paced offense that G.J. Kenny and Mac left, which the offense coordinator run. And it, it, it seemed like immediately after spring practice ended, they hit the recruiting trail trying to find another quarterback, another transfer quarterback, T.J. Mm. Finley, LSU, started LSU, transferred to Auburn. Uh, and they bring him in, and that signaled to me because they had a full quarterback room at the time. They had they had four or five quarterbacks at the time, and for spring practice in, and then say, you know what, we need to go get another one. That tells me that they're leaning towards a guy that they want to take over as a starter. Uh, but that could also be bring him in to, to just shore up shore up the entire lineup and bring two quarterbacks that are years in case you never know something happens to Malik Hornsby, and then T.J. Finley would come in. Uh, maybe there's some sort of packages where one of them is going to be the Taysom Hill. Who knows what, what they're really thinking? That's just my initial opinion, my speculation. I, I'm I'm leaning TJ Finley, but a, a lot could happen between now and September. Captain Dello from the Austin Statesman covering the Texas State Bobcats on a Thursday afternoon sports chat, 103.3 The Goat. All right, how, what's the count up in terms of transfers? The last time I looked, it was 37 transfers, 14 freshmen, 51. I think you had it at like 52 new players, and I think even Coach Kinney told me it could be a couple of more. Yeah, it's 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 37 to 39 uh, transfers, depending on whenever some of these they make some of these other announcements official. Some other names that I don't know yet that are new ones, but um, yeah, they're they're well into the 30s. This is a very transfer heavy class. It's mainly it's mainly FBS transfers. Like 26, 27 of those transfers are FBS. A good handful of those are P5 FBS. Um, but yeah, they've also got some FCS guys and some JUCO transfers as well. Uh, that that was a push to get guys in that are that are ready to go now. I mean, when they're basically got two classes in one with 50 plus players. It used to be you could only have 25, and when it opened it up with the, the scholarship allotment was opened up by the NCAA after COVID and everything, it just they were able to take advantage of that and, and have this really big class. And so that they were this year, they're looking for guys that can play right now. Um, now, looking forward, whenever you, you ask them about 2024, it's going to be more of a slow play. They're going to go after more high school recruits. They have two commits for 2024, and those are already high school players. 
Uh, and, you know, they have the whole Take Back Texas initiative, hashtag Take Back Texas. It's what they like to use in, in all their tweets where they want they are really focusing on players that are, are from the state of Texas, even when they are transfers, if they go transfer out of state or to another school. Their their pitch a big pitch to them is hey why don't you come back to Texas, so they uh, that that was their focus a lot with that class and and it's you know transfer heavy like I was saying but a, a lot of that is they want to play guys right away. What are the expectations for Texas State? They were picked uh, fifth in the preseason poll ahead of Arkansas State and ahead of ULM. Um, could they could they make a bowl game in year one? It's going to be tricky because their strength of schedule is 29th out of all 133 FBS teams. Wow. So that's it's a pretty tough schedule for them. Uh, the non-conference they they have they have Baylor and UTSA. Those are going to be two really tough opponents. But they also have Jackson State and they have Nevada. Now they lost to Nevada last year, but Incarnate Word beat Nevada and they were coached by GJ Kinney. So that gives me a little bit of hope there. Maybe they can get a couple wins in non-conference. And once they get the conference play, you just named ULM and Arkansas State. They play those two teams. They would be favored over them, but they, they're going to have to upset a couple other teams. They're going to have to upset the Raging Cajuns or the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers or, or Southern Miss or Troy or South Alabama. It's a, it's a tough schedule for them. They have, they have a bit of a gauntlet once it gets the conference play. Um, but if they can win the, the games that they should be favored to win, and then get a couple more upsets, and they can get to that sixth win. That's that's really been a monkey on this program's back for the last ten years. <laughs> wow, it's been over a decade now. Yeah, it's been a a long time. The Bobcats been FBS, no bowl game. They did take down uh, App State, but that was at home last year. Yeah, that was a big one. That was a big one. Yeah, that was at home. They don't have App State on the schedule this season, uh, but that that was one of the biggest wins for this program for sure. It was. It, it's a, a team that has had Texas State's number in football the last few years. Ever since they've come into the, the Sun Belt, they, you know they've had a lot of teams' number. Honestly, in the Sun Belt, they've been a, a pretty good program. So it was nice for for Texas State to get that win. You know, there's a lot of talk about where you're at right there in Lafayette. Uh, the, the Raging Cajuns. That's another team that the Bobcats haven't beaten, and that's that's another mm. that's another one that's on on their mind a little bit. That would be a nice hump to get over. All right, what is uh, what are you writing about, and what is coming up on your podcast, Win Now or Get Bent? Well, I actually just released a bunch of Sun Belt Media content, got some exclusives with G.J. Kinney, uh, head coach, Nash Jones at left tackle, and Tori Spears at safety. Got a lot going on there, our YouTube channel, uh, Win Now or Get Bent. Um, you can find us on Twitter there, Apple, Spotify, all that, all that good stuff. And you know, once fall camp starts getting get, getting off, they're uh, they're starting August first. Once that going, I'm going to be writing a lot for the states. Been covering a lot of, of fall camp, specifically this quarterback controversy. Who are the Bobcats going to play under center? Uh, you know, don't, don't no guarantees. It's TJ Finley. That's just that's just where I'm feeling right now. But yeah, thanks, Dave. I appreciate you. Hey, Kev, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for hopping on. He's Kev Tiardello from the Austin Statesman and Win or Get Bent. With the podcast, we'll have you on the Locked On Sunbelt podcast uh, when you get a chance this uh, or next month, okay? Awesome. I'll have to bring you on mine as well. Talk some raging kids. It's about freaking time. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Were Thanks. you waiting on that? I'm sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> Where's the love? All right, man. I'm, I'm kidding. Whenever, whenever you need me. All right.
I appreciate it, Kev. I, I got you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Dave. Talk to you soon. All right. Be good. All right. Uh, obviously, just kidding. But he's been on. He's got a very popular podcast over there. And uh, we'll see what they can do. They've been doing that a lot. New coach, mm-hmm. transfer portal. Doesn't work out. It doesn't seem like the, you know, the team that... I'm never really worried about Texas State. Well, that's the thing. They yeah. keep on doing the same thing over and over again. I don't know about being worried about Texas State this year. But next year? But maybe next year. Look, when it comes to the Sun Belt, there it's the Cajuns, South Alabama. Yeah, but two years ago it wasn't South Alabama. True. Like, like you know, the true, 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 COVID true. year, right? Fair. That's fair. But um, in terms of this year, JMU, South Alabama, Troy, Cajuns, Southern Miss. Those are the five. We got App State. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thinking of just one. Yeah, you got yeah. Marshall. Okay, right. I, I'll give you App State though, and and Grayson, old Grayson McCall. Yeah, yeah, he and, was pretty good yesterday. And Coastal. He was, yeah, he was nice. That ring is a lot of bling bling. Look, that your, thing was your huge. Interview with him um, was was great. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's when yeah. we got to play towards the end of the day yesterday. So good for him being uh, being really cool. I mean, that was right. It's a good question. Or you think like at least as a backup, it's got to get a shot. Right, you can't be the conference player of the year three times in four and years not get a shot. and not get a shot somewhere, right? I mean, I think he's <coughs> a, from what I saw, he showed me he was better than Stetson Bennett. I don't know about that. At, at least at, the, at throwing, well, he's the got ball. more and more intent, more physical talent. Yeah. Right. All right, I'm going to call up. So let's go to a break. <laughs> Let me go get a drink. We'll be back after this. We'll put a bow on it. Bottom of the next hour, we'll talk Colorado. Apparently, they're back in the Big 12. Unreal. Dave Schultz, Lynn Burton, 103. There you go. Louisiana's biggest pop culture event of the summer is back. Shreveport's Comic-Con GeekCon returns to downtown Shreveport this August. Live at the Shreveport Convention Center August 18th through the 20th, you can meet legendary filmmaker Kevin Smith. Hey, Louisiana, it's me, Kevin Smith, and I am coming to GeekCon right in Shreveport, kid. Shreveport, Louisiana. I'll see you there. You can also meet Superman actor Brandon Routh from Doctor Who, John Barrowman, the voice of Darth Maul, Sam Witwer, Olympic gold medalist and WWE Hall of Famer, Kurt Angle, as well as stars from Steven Universe, Harry Potter, Disney, The Mandalorian, Marvel, and more. Tickets are on sale now at ShreveportGeeks.com. Don't miss the $2,500 cosplay contest this year at GeekCon. That's right, over $2,000 on the line during the cosplay contest. Buy your tickets now at ShreveportGeeks.com. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I want to share with you the experience of Donna in Washington. She writes, I got injured about five years ago. I was let go when, because of the injury, I couldn't keep up with my schedule. I've tried to find other work, but I'm 68 now. No one wants to hire someone that old. This week is tough, though, because I had to get my tooth fixed. So I only have $10 in my checking account. But it will be okay. I at least have food because of this pantry. Millions of people face hunger. Some every day, just like Donna. The Feeding America network of food banks helps provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. 
Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PDA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PDA in fighting for theirs at pda.org. I'm Shanola Hampton. I support the Feeding America network of food banks because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Thirsty for intelligent sports talk? Sounds like you need a little goat array. 1033 The Goat. The greatest sports talk of all time. All right, Dave Schultz, Lyndon Burton on a Thursday afternoon sports chat, 103.3 The Goat. Little story, uh, not off the beaten path, but maybe not that big of a surprise, but I find it funny. Jeremy Pruitt, hired as teacher and assistant coach at Plainview High School, his alma mater. Oh. Craig Stevenson, former, uh, he writes from AL.com, former Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt has been hired as a physical education teacher which is a fancy name for gym teacher, okay. right? An assistant coach at Plainview High School in his hometown of Rainsville, Alabama. Uh, Rainsville, Alabama. Pruitt will also coach junior high basketball. Plainview principal Chris Clark said uh, his hiring was approved by the DeKalb County Board of Education uh, today. He's a hometown hero, Clark said. His kids have gone to school here. He's a great teacher. He's a great coach. He was the most qualified person for the job. We're lucky to have him. Jeez. <clears throat> Doesn't seem that way, sir. What happens if you interviewed for the job, worked your way up, didn't put a school on probation, cheated your way to loss after loss after loss, <laughs> and you're getting the gig because you're a famous football coach? Makes that makes whatever place hides you look horrible. Does not make them look good. Yeah, makes them look horrible. Would you would you have your kids play? He's going to be coaching junior high basketball. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I guess so. That's what it said, right? Yeah. Pro will also coach junior high basketball. Jeez. So he's going to be a gym teacher mm-hmm. 
at the high school. Yeah. And then go down to the middle school and coach, and coach seventh and eighth graders. It, but isn't he a football coach? Like, why, why, why is he doing doing basketball? Well, I think they're all the same. Oh, okay. I mean, I gotcha. think when you're coming up, <clears throat> and instead he used to be an assistant coach at the high school oh, okay. to begin with as gotcha, an assistant gotcha, football gotcha. coach. Um, so, man, I don't think that, from you know, race. <laughs> I mean, he's a millionaire still, right? I'm sure that he is. Yeah. A multi-millionaire. Yeah. Right? So, and I'm going to guess Rainsview is, uh, Rainsville is not a bad school. Well, not an expensive place to live. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. You know, you can find a really nice, a nice place. House, yeah, right? And live comfortably. We found a place here in River Ranch. Two bedroom. Mm-hmm. Renting for 4500 bucks a month. Oh, yeah. He, I'm sure he could find something better than that in wherever he's at. $450,000 place for 4500 a month. Jeez. I'm not sure what that is. All right, let's see if your thing works here at... Uh... Oh, it will. Oh, there's a hard ETM. There it is, baby. I got you, Dave. All right. Don't you worry. All right. Today. No, but look. What about tomorrow? I'm going to have you for tomorrow all as well. Right, I've right. been having you for six weeks. Don't no, worry. You have. It's true. <laughs> Don't it's worry. True. And I'm going to have you after Friday, too. So. All right. We will reset. When we come back, tons of news going on in the sports world. Some Otani stuff, too. Yeah, the Angels doing the 180, right? How about that? And my feelings right. looking good. Bottom of the hour, we'll talk with Kevin uh, Normal about the Buffaloes going to the Big 12. Back after this, Dave Schultz, Linda Burton, 103.3 to go. in a legal matter? Turn to the ESPN 1420 legal authority, Glenn Armentor. We all need to understand that workers' comp exists for two reasons. One, to motivate employers to provide the safest possible workplace. And second, to ensure injured workers can provide for themselves and their families if an employer fails to do so. Workers' comp isn't a free ride. It's a right. It's your right. Free legal guidance from the Glenn Armentor Law Corporation. It's easy. Go to ESPN1420.com and click on the legal authority. When a workplace accident happens, do identify witnesses. Always report the accident in writing. And get qualified legal advice regardless of what your boss says. This message has been brought to you by the ESPN 1420 legal authority, Glenn Armentor. For free help with your legal matter, go to ESPN1420.com and click on the legal authority. Announcer is a non-attorney paid spokesperson. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease, causing him to spend the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon, especially when he was so little. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part of creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how the Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the sheep sleeps tonight. It just isn't the same without the lion. Join the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance today. Visit sdzwa.org. 1033 The Goat. Yeah, that's the one. K277 DQ Lafayette, 1420 KPEL Lafayette. Mess with the goat.